Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Norton Young Adult Podcast. We're starting season two today. Very exciting. We have a guest star, Jonathan Carey, Pastor Jonathan Carey, and we're talking about uh, what God's will for our life is. Why don't you guys check this out? All right, we're back. Ethan, you and I are back here in the studio starting yeah. off our podcast, but it's not just you and I. I know. We, we got have our guest star. Guest star. Pastor Jonathan. This is incredibly I'm looking at you to do it with me. Jonathan <laughs> Carey. <laughs> Jonathan, why don't you start with this? What do you do here at the Norton campus? 30 and 30. 30, yes. 30 and 30 is your correct response into that, but how do you accomplish 30 and 30? So I do a lot of care stuff, and I do a lot of uh, biblical community groups, that kind of thing, right? As well as you know, preaching, counseling, different things. I love it. I love it. Um, I thought we should start with a fun question, and I didn't prep any one of you for this. And I, oh, here we go. I, I was just informed, Jonathan, that you've never been a guest star before, so you're feeling pretty good about that. I am. You're not a guy who likes to be on the spot at all. <laughs> no. Um, he came in with notes <laughs> so we're ready put to go you on the spot. <laughs> so, so here we go. Garrett's going to answer it first, but okay. here's what I want. Okay. Your favorite childhood memory. I feel like we should start with that. Oh, yikes. Favorite childhood memory. Yeah. I'm going way into the depths of my memory right into, now. Into the depths. Into the depths Which we go. Which is quite scary. There's a, there's a song called Depth Over Distance by Ben Howard. Really good. Check it out. Sell the plug. Um, <laughs> I was really just saying that to make time for myself to think about my answer. Fair enough. I, I think favorite childhood memory. So you know those... Uh, um, like little like cars that you can get as a kid, like little plastic cars, like they're like battery operated fun things. Well, I remember I, I had this obsession as a kid with John Deere tractors. My entire room was painted John Deere green and okay. I had tractors. Ever, I don't know why. I loved it. We'd be going on road trips and I see these giant John Deere tractors. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a John Deere. And well, one year for Christmas, uh, back when we lived in Michigan, I vividly remember coming downstairs, going into our old living room and there's this insanely huge, box right next to the tree like half the size of the tree and I walk over and I'm like oh my gosh what in the world could this be and and my mom and dad said go ahead just rip into it and I'm like no waiting they're like just go for it we know you want to and so I went into it and me and my siblings we just tearing into this sucker and it's one of those like little uh, like electric like cars that you get for your kids nice. and it's a John Deere Tractor 1. That's a win. I lost my mind. <laughs> I was like this is the most incredible thing in the world and we had that thing for years. Years and years and years until like I literally rode that thing till it died. Really? And <laughs> it was the best thing. So I always think back to that like like that like childhood excitement. You see this huge box and you come down like oh my gosh and then it's like one of your favorite things in the whole wide world which I don't even get why I was into John Deere tractors but I had it. How old were you? Oh, must have been like last three year. or <laughs> last year. <laughs> I must have been like three or four because that was when we were still living in Michigan. So yeah, I was like three or four years old. So that's awesome. That's awesome. It reminds me. Uh, I don't know if this is my favorite one, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Is um, my sister probably would have been twelve. I would have been roughly eleven. Mm-hmm. My brother's nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Star Wars, the new prequels were coming out at this time, like uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith had just come out. And uh, (laughs) my sister, I remember we really wanted it, but we were like, our parents probably, 
I think it was rated PG-13. Like, it was yeah. the first one that was rated PG-13. So we're like, ah, oh, we probably won't get it. Kind of kind of thought, there's no way. And my sister, we ended up getting it for Christmas. Mm. My sister cried. Like, she was so, that excited really? to get Star Wars. I'm like, this is... We've made fun of her ever since for that. So <laughs> I know really funny. At least favorite Christmas memory. That's got to be one of mine. That's so. incredible. Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I've got a lot of great memories from childhood, but um, I, I think one of the things I, I remember a lot is my dad would take us on like fishing trips. Yeah. And and I was little, so we would tent camp, and uh, I just have so many great memories from that. I remember a, a flying squirrel uh, got caught in our tent. It uh, chewed through the tent, and uh, we went to lay down, and there was a squirrel in there with us. So, <laughs> oh and, no! Uh, I think uh, still to this day, when I make uh, blueberry muffins, Jennifer won't let me do this anymore. But you know, when you get the the blueberry muffins, and you get the little can that has the little blueberries and the juice, and you drain mm-hmm. the juice. Yeah, Dad never drained the juice, oh, really? so <laughs> you, you pour it all in, and makes your muffins like real moist, gr- like gray. Oh. Oh. oh, but it was the best thing ever. It's like this is this is great. So first couple times I made uh, blueberry muffins for Jennifer and I, and she's like, "What is this? You are you not are not allowed. doing that anymore." So that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's jump into the conversation. And for lack of a better way of putting it, we just kind of said this: is it's God's will for my life. Yeah. And we figured who better to ask than Jonathan <laughs> Carey for God's will. For my life, yeah. but I'm actually really excited because I know uh, some of your story. We kind of came on roughly to Grace. You came back in 16, is that right? I believe that's right, yeah. Yeah, and so I think I was a couple months after you. I came uh, as an intern here, and so I've kind of known you for a little while. But mm-hmm. Swim buddies. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> We're going to edit that from the- <laughs> From the postcard or whatever, I don't know. But let's do this. Let me ask you this, Jonathan. Um, I think this is probably one of the most prevalent topics. Garrett and I were kind of brainstorming. What do we want to talk about Mm. when we look at adulting? And the first one I think we looked at, we're like, we got to talk about what's God's will for my life? Because I feel like that's a question a lot of young adults are asking. And so how would you respond to that uh, just right right out the gate if somebody asked you that? Yeah, well, I, I think it's a it's a great question, and it's one that's asked a lot. Um, probably not going to get the answer that you want as far as finding God's will. I mean, I I think back on different times in my life where you know I've been wrestling with a decision or or something, and I was just like, God, just send the Goodyear blimp over my backyard (laughs) at night, so, you know, just flash it in big flashing lights. Jonathan, Mm -hmm. this is my will for you. Uh, It's never happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, it it can be be, uh, very stressful. Um, In fact, Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And the truth is, you can only you know, a lamp only shines so far. Right. We we want a spotlight that, like, you know, show me my future kind yeah. of thing. And um, I think God just wants us to be faithful, taking each step at a time, trusting Him. Yeah. Hmm. That is so good. Yeah, it'd be great to have a spotlight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there are times I, I wish I had a spotlight. Yeah. But, but I, I think, you know, when we talk about God's will, it's actually, it's actually pretty clear, but hmm. it's not what we want to hear. 
<laughs> what do you mean? Uh, so, like, First Thessalonians 5 says, uh, we are to give thanksgiving in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Huh. So being thankful, that's being in God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter says, uh, it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence ignorant talk of, of foolish people. Doing good, huh. um, uh, being kind, showing compassion, um, you know, serving people, loving people, that's God's will. God's will, uh, again, uh, 1 Thessalonians talks about that you should be sanctified, in other words, uh, be set apart huh. to, to God. Uh, holy is another word there, and it says that you should avoid sexual immorality. That's mm. part of God's will. Mm. Um, Romans 12, very popular verse, um, uh, that we use a lot. Do not conform the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the better we know God's truth, the better we know his heart, his desires, his passion, the better we can discern his will. Mm-hmm. But we've got to know God's word. It's, yeah. I remember... Uh... I don't know if somebody told me to do this or if I had just started seeing it, but I think I was 19. I was living in my parents' attic, <laughs> and, uh, and I was I would read the Bible most mornings, and I, I was just trying to figure a lot out, and I remember reading in God's will, like, that's what I was looking for, yeah. and literally, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's just not what I—it's not like, Ethan, this yeah. is my specific will for you, but yet, Ethan, this is my specific—like— there is a specific will mm-hmm. for me, and yet at the same time, it's like God's will for my life in general, not a yeah. uh, principles more like um, than a this is who you're going to marry. <laughs> like, right. But, well, I've I've heard someone say that um, you know God's will. He doesn't hand us a map, but he hands us a compass. Hmm. Huh. Wow. So he gives us a direction, yeah. and we, we follow that direction as we're living in his will by doing, you know, by walking like Jesus did. That's yeah. so good. I, I think there's an interesting thing to it, like, especially within our culture. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about the young adults who are listening to this. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think in our culture there's this, like, very immediate response. I need something like, oh, go here. Mm-hmm. I need to get to this one spot. Oh, somebody says, like, they do point it out on a map go here. You're looking for somebody to date, easy way to go to, just like, here's an online dating app. You you want community? Uh, go to Instagram, I guess, or go check out that one place. So like, I guess, how would like you respond to somebody who's looking for some of those specific things? Because I think sometimes people like, I mean, they read in the Bible, Mo, like Moses in the burning bush, God shows up on the scene and he speaks directly to Moses. And I think a lot of people have this desire of like, God, just tell me, what school do I choose? What mm-hmm. career path do I take? Mm-hmm. Um, like all these sort of stuff. So like, you know, you think about somebody who like just like feels behind and like, where should I go in these specific areas? Like how would you respond to somebody who, who says, yeah, I feel like I don't know where to go school-wise, career path, like seeking out these different things and feeling kind of behind in sort of that that realm of things. Yeah, I think the answer is uh, fairly similar. You know, we God has given us freedom. Mm. He's given us freedom to make choices. And, you know, where I go to school, what shoes I wear, mm. you know, what color shirt I wear that morning. I mean, the, he gives us the freedom to make those choices. Well, those choices possibly have consequences, mm. yes. But how do I respond to them by 
again, like walking as, as, as Jesus did. Um, you know, God's will for my life is to, is to walk with him, live for him, know him. And I, I can do that wherever I'm at whether I'm at Ohio State or Grace College or Kent State or, you know, any of those things, Mm. whether I drive a a new car or a used car, (laughs) you know, I can, I can follow, I can follow God. I can walk like Jesus did. Um, You know, so, you know, as far as like specifics, and, and I do have, you know, some examples of the way God has led in some specific ways, but Really, it's a it's a result of, you know, really abiding in Christ, living in Christ, mm. and and um, just clinging to God. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a Proverbs three five and six. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, mm. and He will direct or make your path straight. Uh, I think it's interesting. I, I studied that passage one time, and that that part where it says he'll make your path straight and to acknowledge him in your ways. the The word there is for goat path. Really? Yeah, a goat goats. path. Yeah, yeah. goats. <laughs> Feels so, like it makes no sense, but I feel like it's going to come around here. Yeah, I, I, let me explain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in other words, like even in the little side trips that we take. Like, so we're following God, and then we take a side trip, and, and maybe it's a little different than what we've been doing, and that's a little goat path, you know, a little, a little diversion or a little, a little path off the side that then rejoins the main path again. But God even cares for those goat paths in our life. And so even, even if, like, I feel like I made, I look back and it's like, oh, man, I, I should have made a different decision. God can still use that goat path in my life to mm-hmm. to change me, to transform me, to make me more like Jesus. Right. That is so good. Yeah. That is so good. Well, it even makes me think of that, like, even what the enemy means for evil, Lord, you turn it for our good. Yeah. You know, like, some of those, right. like, goat paths may seem like, oh, wow, I really took a sharp right turn. Oh, my goodness. How how could God ever work this out? Like, that goat path. I can, I can think about that. There's moments I can see in my own life. I'm sure you guys have examples of, like, wow completely went off the path, but yet somehow God works even in those mm-hmm. to bring us back to him. And I think even at times, like, make us better for it, like, bring us to a better place because of those. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that brings up a great point that um, sometimes we think, well, if I'm in the will of God, everything's going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything. Right. You know, it's like being in the eye of the storm, yeah. of, the, of the hurricane, like, it's peaceful, it's calm, but if I take a step here or there, all of a sudden I'm going to be in the storm again. Yeah. And we think of God's will that way. Um, Nick Ripkin uh, says, let us be clear, the will of God is not always the safest place to be, but it is the only place to be. Um, And I thought, wow, Um, yeah, it's not always the safest place. Uh, Another quote that I like that I heard uh, someone say one time was, uh, the ship is safest in the harbor, but that's not what it was built for. So sometimes there's there's a need to... to take a risk, uh, to have faith, uh, you know, like Peter did with Jesus, step out of the boat in the middle of a storm. And, you know, obviously don't be foolish, um, but know that, you know, being in God's will can be scary sometime because, like, I don't know where this is taking me, and or I don't feel comfortable. 
I remember my very first uh, college course. Uh, my professor, his name, uh, some, some, you probably had him, Garrett. His name was Doctor College, uh, so he had to teach college. Good old Gary College. <laughs> yeah. So he, one of the first things he said in one of the very first classes I took with him was, "Faith is jumping without a safety net." And I'm, I'm like, wow. Like, I had just moved up to Norton, Ohio, which nobody, unless you live in Norton, you've never heard of Norton. Yeah. So I'm like, what in the world am I doing uh, in this place? And I just remember hearing, hearing that, and you're like, wow. Yeah, you're right. The safest part is on the harbor, but going out in the ocean is literally what we're designed to do, yeah. that mm-hmm. adventure. And, mm-hmm. um, how would you tell somebody who's maybe out in the ocean or... Uh, <laughs> made the jump and they're like man i don't know what god is trying to tell me to do i don't know what i'm supposed to do in this moment how do i hear what god's <laughs> telling me yeah i um i i think ask you have to ask good questions hmm. um you know does 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 this glorify does this honor god is this helping people is this helping others become more like jesus is it helping me to grow, to become more like Jesus? Uh, what do wise, experienced people say? Um, oh. and, that, and that's been a huge one in, in my life. When I was in, I was in Roanoke, I, we hadn't been there very long. And uh, uh, the people were great, but you know there, there were some struggles and some other things. It's the first time I was a, leading a church on my own, um, <clears throat> and... You know, it even created uh, some struggles in Jeff and I's relationship because I was so stressed uh, mm. many times. But, um, and it was at that time that the the church I grew up in back here in Akron, the the pastor resigned, mm. and the church approached us and said, "Hey, would you like to candidate or be an interview for <clears throat> this position?" Mm. And we were like immediately, we we're like yes, like, this is awesome. We could move back home. We could be closer to family. But then as we started praying about it and thinking about it, we're like, is that a good reason? Yeah. You know, is where does God want us? Like, mm-hmm. maybe he wants us to tough it out here in Roanoke. Um, and going back to be closer to the family isn't the healthiest or wisest thing for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it just happens, Pastor Bob... Bob Combs, uh, he came down uh, because he had pastored a church down there. We had breakfast with him, and he's like, he goes, you need to, you need to go back home. You need to go back to the church you grew up in, and and like lead those people. And mm. then we had a missionary. Uh, just a couple weeks later, a missionary came. I took him out to breakfast. We were talking, and he's like, you need to go home. Wow. And like they, they saw things that I couldn't see, huh. that I was blind to, and that was like I, I went home and told Jennifer. I was like, everybody's telling me like we should pursue this and see where it goes, yeah. and so that wise counsel was so helpful to me. To you know, it's got to be mature, godly, godly people who know you, yeah. <laughs> who kind of know your strengths and weaknesses and know your personality. And, and they will be best to um, just give you some guidance. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you just said that little last part. Hmm. I found so many people will go to, um, and I had a tendency of doing this, to be honest with you, is you go to people that are wise, 
but they don't know you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just ask them their opinion, and they're coming from an outside perspective that uh, can sometimes be helpful, very mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, but most of the time, they they don't know the full details of you, your yeah. personality, your situation, and they give you different yeah. advice than maybe they would if they knew you better. Sure. Right? And, and you've got to be humble enough to listen. Uh, I think of the story... Uh, in the Old Testament, there's a king, Rehoboam, and he's like, he has a decision to make, and he talks to a bunch of wise counselors, older counselors, and they tell him to go one way, and he's he's kind of like, ah, I don't, that's not really what I want to do. So he talked to his peers, and he talked to the young counselors who weren't as experienced, weren't as knowledgeable, and they told him to go the opposite way, and he's like, oh, I'm going to follow them. And so he sought counsel, but when he sought counsel that didn't agree with what he really wanted to do, yeah. he's like, no, I'm going to find other counsel that agrees with me. Yeah. Right. And, and so you want to find objective people. Right. I think even within that, there's an aspect, like, I've been here before where two, one of two things happens. Either I don't share enough, hmm. and I'm not as open as I should be about, like, a situation that I'm in, and then somebody will say, well, do this. And they, they're like, it's, they're trying to give me good advice and maybe it is good advice if everything I were telling them were true. But if mm. I leave out certain details, I'm almost shooting myself in the foot. So there's a part of it, finding people that you, you can be open and honest with. Um, but I even think the other part of it is, um, uh, oh gosh, now I just forgot what the other part, th- I had two parts and I forgot <laughs> the other one, but I, I think that there's that aspect of it. Um, oh yeah. But like even, uh, seeking out. Um, somebody who you know will tell you what you want to hear and stuff like that. Like within Mm -hmm. that, like you can take one or two ways. Go to somebody who is wise and you know is like great, but not give them the full story and you're shooting yourself in the foot or going to somebody who, you know, you just know is like, oh, they'll tell me what I want to hear and stuff. I think there's one or two paths you could take with that. And both ways I think will end up leaving you more hurt than you were before. Mm -hmm. So so let's go here, Jonathan. Uh, I have young adults that will talk to me and they'll tell me they feel stuck. Uh, that's a big word I hear a lot. So what in the world's God's purpose for this season that I'm in? Like, what is God trying to do? How would you respond to a question like that? Yeah, I, I thought about this a little bit. Like, just, um, you know, I, I don't think social media helps this much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it yeah. has to, John. <laughs> no, you know, because, you know, we we see everyone's perfect lives, we see the adventures they're on, uh, big exciting moments, and it's easy to feel like, oh man, that's that's not me. Um, you know, there's a word for that, it's it's called envy. <laughs> and But that envy stirs in us a discontentment that all of a sudden, like, none of the things that we enjoyed are good enough, and because we want to be like this person or that person. And sometimes this feeling that I think it's the paralysis of analysis. <laughs> Whoa, I like that. <laughs> Ooh, get a what? tattoo of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Help, paralysis of analysis, what do you mean? That you're just constantly analyzing, what should I do, what's God's will, you know, what decision should I make, and you're so, like, you're so involved in the process of wanting to make the right thing, you don't mm-hmm. do anything. Huh. You don't go anywhere. So then you get you get stuck. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I read this a while ago, and I think it's so good. It's like, God doesn't steer parked cars. Huh. Wow. 
So, you know, you've got, even if you feel stuck, you got to keep, you got to keep moving somehow. You got to keep, you know, pursuing Jesus, seeking God, uh, seeking counsel, and, but you got to be moving so God can, God can steer your, steer your life, that he has, you know, something to work with, we're not just stuck. So Nike had it right. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just do something. I mean, just do something. Yeah. You know. And not to say there aren't seasons where you're like, all right, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a day to go and mm-hmm. just walk and pray, or maybe it's a week or something like that. Yeah. Uh, have others pray with you uh, mm-hmm. for things. Not to say you don't do that, but <clears throat> don't don't stay there. Make yeah. you gotta head in some direction. You know, it mm-hmm. might be even a Tolkien thing for for Garrett. Throw that out there for you. <laughs> you know that you know a journey begins with one step, mm-hmm. with that first step. Yeah. And unless if you're just standing yeah. there, you're gonna continue to stay in that like stuckness. And you can go in confidence because you know God uses the goat path. God uses the goat path yeah. exactly, I love that. exactly. Hmm. And you you might you might even think like oh well I'm not as far along as this person. Um, heard someone say like you can do a lot in one year. It's amazing what you can do in five years. Hmm. Incredibly awesome what you can do in ten years. So, hmm. you know, we want we want stuff now. We want it immediate, but it's a it's a long haul. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, sometimes we have to be be patient as well. Yeah. I was curious. One of the things you mentioned there was like sometimes we can get stuck even watching other people. It becomes a comparison game. Mm-hmm. We'll look at like they had this one thing, this awesome like grandiose like thing happened to them and they got led to this one certain way you can see other people's stories and the ways in which god has led them and it can almost make you feel like oh well god's not doing anything for me Hmm. like i I don't know speak to that like what how does the comparison game almost drive us away from god's will at certain points or how can it like get us even more stuck in the mud like that whole comparison thing yeah because you're you're hearing somebody's story and like they uh, deciding whether to go to to Germany as a missionary, and they they're eating breakfast, and the toast comes out, and it's in the shape of Germany. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that's how oh, I get wow. all my prayers answered. <laughs> you know, but you hear stories like that, and mm-hmm. you're like, God, send me a blimp. You know, send me a piece yeah. of toast. You know that 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 talks about that, and and it can be it can be very misleading. In fact. Um, is to speak to this as well that you know I sometimes people are like well God's told me to do this yeah. and I'm yeah. like well I'm not I'm not hearing God tell me anything yeah. and I, I sometimes think I always that, that raises a flag for me um, sometimes because I feel like that can be very manipulative and um, I was like well God told me to do this I was like well I can't I can't argue with that. <laughs> you know, I'm not, who's going to argue with that? Right. And so sometimes people, uh, they quote unquote hear God's voice, and it's really like they were they were hungry and had an upset stomach that night. You know. <laughs> yeah. And but it becomes like their leading thing. You know, God uses a lot of different ways to um, to lead us, and you know, we want. We want the big production or the big story, but you know sometimes it's just 
living life and as mm. I said, like moving along. Uh, again, I, I think about <clears throat> when I was in college, I, I wanted to be a missionary um, and wanted to go overseas and that was my, that was my heart, my passion. I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I need to see if I really, like, I'm fit for it. So I went to the place that I thought would make me the most uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, stepping out of the boat. Um, I I sweat like a pig. Like, I just walk across the parking lot. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. well, Central Africa, uh, just north of the equator. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go there. So I spent seven weeks there, didn't know the language, didn't know uh, a lot. Well, I didn't know a lot. And I thought, well, this is this is a good test for me. But at the same time, I thought, well, I'm going to go over there, and you know, it's going to be great. I'm going to do this, to do that. And um, what God did in my heart there, observing the church, observing the people there, as I start, he created a burden within me for my home church, hmm. the church I grew up in. Because as you're walking through the village... Um, these people had very little, and yet they were happy. They were content. They were, you know, not to say that they didn't have issues and struggles and things like that, but you would walk mm-hmm. through at the night, and they'd be sitting around a fire singing some of the songs that we had sang that morning yeah. and just telling stories, and there was such community, mm-hmm. and it was, it was like biblical community. They were encouraging one another. I was like, man, I've missed that all my life. And how, and so God reoriented my heart to like, maybe, maybe you need to go back and, and try to be an agent of change or a catalyst of change um, in that area. And so, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't necessary. I, in one way, I was looking for God's affirmation of like, okay, uh, I want to be a, you know, I'm going to go into missions or something. And God ended up changing the script. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that was a that was a matter of like taking steps of you know, if I if I wasn't moving in a direction, I I probably would have never uh, ended up anywhere. Yeah. Is that when you were in college? That was roughly? when that was when I was in college. Okay. Hmm. So one of the things um and I don't know what you want to share on this, but uh, one of the things I was intrigued by is you had a big shift in uh, your career, your leadership, your church, your community, your family um, about six years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, where you went from what was is now the Akron East Campus to uh, coming here at Norton, but you... Um, there's a story behind that that I've asked you several <laughs> times about because it is so fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Because a lot of times we think God's will, uh, somehow we got to set it up right as a young adult because yeah. then we'll just ride on his will or something <laughs> the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. Or we'll ride on our will the rest of our life if mm-hmm. we do this wrong. And yet you had a game changer that you probably would have thought never would have happened right? Uh, 15 years ago even. Right. So would you speak to maybe a little bit of that story, thoughts you were having uh, during that time, uh, and maybe share what that is that I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. Um, so I ended up coming back to Akron, so it was the Ella area, um, and ended up uh, pastoring 
that church for about 18 years. And um, a lot of family, a lot of friends, uh, just a, you know, it seemed like a, a real close biblical community, family. Um, and yet there was a part of me that was like just discontent. And, you know, I wrestled with that discontentment because like, why, why am I feeling this? Like, is it, is it just me? Is it my own insecurities and things like that? Yeah. Or is it truly something going on here? And I went to a, um, I went to a national conference and Jeff Bogue spoke actually. Mm. And he was talking about how we can't reach Akron. He was talking about Grace Church. Grace Church can't re- reach Akron on its own. He's like, we need other churches. And, he, and as he's listing churches, he, he, he talked about my church, the church I was pastoring. And just, oh, wow. just that planted a seed that, um, you know, I asked Jennifer, did you hear that? She goes, yeah. She goes, what do you think? And it started a, really a two-year conversation with just Jennifer and I. Of wow. like, what's what's God doing here? And looking at my own age, thinking, you know, I have 15, 20 years to go. You know, I, I feel like we could, you know, we love the people here, the people love us. We could be very content yeah. to just stay here and, and look back after those 15, 20 years and say, yeah, God, we saw God work. We saw some moments. We saw people baptized. We saw parts of the community reached. Um, but what what we saw, what we were moved to, is like ah, we don't want to look back and just see a bunch of moments and celebrate moments. We we want to celebrate a movement. Mm. We want to see us and our people caught up in something that's that's, that's like vitalizing. The, the community and making Jesus make sense to our community in, in a larger way. I want to see my kids be a part of something that's bigger than them. Um, I want to see I want to see Ellet reached um, more profoundly and effectively. And uh, we you know we had some we have some great we have some great people who are actually still at the Akronis campus and, and doing amazing things. But you know, our building was a was a huge issue. Um, like, just things were falling apart. We didn't have resources, things like that. And so, um, at one point, I, I raised it in an elder meeting, and one of the and I, I said, "What would you guys think about partnering with with uh, Grace Church?" And they had questions, but most of all. Two other people were like, "Wow, that's that's funny you say that because I've been thinking that too." And it started it started really about six months conversation with the elders, and things started to move. Um, Jennifer and I sat down with Jeff Bogue, and we we're like, "He's like laid it out on the table." He said, "You know, um, you do this like you have no control. So I can't guarantee that like you have a job." Well, that scared Jennifer half to death. Yeah, I, I'm of, I'm, I'm kind of the, the ilk of, uh, like, yeah, it's gonna work out. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But it scared her half to death. Like, wow, what are we gonna do? Yeah, you're not gonna have a job. How are we gonna provide? What are we, you know, we're gonna stay here. We're gonna have to move. That kind of stuff. 
And uh, I just remember I was walking the Springfield bog. <laughs> Which you just, still walk. I still walk and, and uh, walking and praying. And I just, I had this thought and, and I wrote it down so that, because I, I always mess it up. <laughs> but as, will I regret it if I make this decision to transition Ellet to a campus of Grace Church? Will I regret it if I make the decision to transition Ellet to a campus? And the answer was, well, possibly. Hmm. I, Looking back, I could possibly regret this decision. Uh, I may not have a job. Uh, the church may fail. I may not be able to provide for my family. All these, all these things. Yeah. But then I ask, will I regret it if I don't make this change and things continue it as is? And the answer was definitely. Wow. And I just I felt that in my in my heart, like just that that discernment of like. Yeah, there's there's some things going on in my own life that maybe aren't real healthy right now, uh, like burnout, and um, you know to be a part of a of a movement and a moment, opportunities to reach the community more effectively, opportunities for church people in the church to grow, um, with no real solution at the place where I'm at, and I went home and told Jennifer, and we we continued to pray about it and. You know, a couple months later, our, our church voted and said, yeah, let's, let's become a camp part of uh, Grace Church. And so it was really from start to end, it was like a three-year process mm. of, you know, of just praying about things, um, discerning, like, feelings from fact, yeah. um, things like that. And so, yeah, sometimes, you know, being in God's will or searching, making good decisions, sometimes it takes time. Yeah. And, um, you know, because God was changing me in that process as well. And I think, you know, I think that's a key part of this whole discerning God's will is how is God changing me in the process mm. as I'm searching, as I'm seeking, as I'm praying, as I'm depending as I'm abiding, as I'm living in Christ, and um, just even evaluating, you know, is this, this, is this selfishness? Is this self-service? Or is this something that's going to, you know, glorify God and, and, and move people to Jesus? So a very long story. I, I, it's actually longer, but just kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. condensed it. But I, I mean, I get, I've heard that story probably... I don't know. I've probably asked you about it like nine times at least because <laughs> it's just so intriguing to me. And I get goosebumps literally every time you tell hmm. it. I'm like, wow, the amount of thoughts, feelings, and I love that. I, I'm like, uh, I'm probably pretty optimistic, but I, I'd be a little bit with Jennifer there <laughs> freaking out a little bit like, uh, okay, what are we doing here? Um, I wonder uh, maybe some relevant things that, and we'll kind of wrap up, but mm -hmm. I wonder if we can kind of shoot a couple of these kind of questions off uh, rapid fire a little bit. Is I feel like young adults have the the three big ones. Is like where do I live? The big three. <laughs> yeah. What What am I gonna do with my life, my job, or career path? 
who am I going to get married to? Mm-hmm. So what maybe in those three big questions, what would you advise or... Yeah, just uh, imagine I'm in your office right now, Jonathan. My whole life is falling apart. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to live. My my job, uh, Pastor Dan, he fired me. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to get married or not. You know, what, what? Tell me what you would say to me if I were in your office, Jonathan. It's great. Wow. If people can't see this, but you're across the table from me. So it's like you're counseling me in this. <laughs> Garrett's actually taking legitimate I'm notes. like, uh, <laughs> I need this. Uh. Well, I, I'm, uh, it's going to be a multifaceted answer here. Yeah. Uh, Hit me. I'm ready. Um, I think, you know, if, if you're feeling, uh, kind of going back to a previous question, if you're feeling lost and whatnot, um, you know, get help. Mm. Like, talk to somebody. I Career Direct, uh, John Finn, who works here at the campus, does yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And what it helped with, with my boys was, like, it affirmed certain things, and it also opened doors to certain things. Mm. And so... Um, like Ryan, uh, he loves meteorology. He loves weather, and and so he did career direct. And 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 John counseled him like, you know, go. You need to go shadow a meteorologist. And so he went up to Cleveland, and um, he sat with a meteorologist all day, huh. and he hated it <laughs> <laughs> because he was there. Was, it was a room with no windows. And you were sitting at a cubicle at a computer, like just wow. doing models, wow. uh, weather models. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I, I need people." Yeah. What What is Career Direct for those who don't know? So Career Direct is is it's kind of a it's an assessment of your passions and abilities and personality. Yeah. Um, and again, sometimes it, it it affirms the path that you're already taking. Sometimes it opens up like, "Oh wow, I thought that was just a hobby, but." I could pursue that as a living. Wow. Um, and John does a great job of just pastoring people through that. Yeah. It, it does cost, uh, it does have a cost to it, but it's well worth it if you've, you're feeling stuck. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do with my life. I've taken it. It is well worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told I should do camp, uh, and I found out real quick I love being outside. That's a great hobby. Uh, and I need it, but I do not want to do a camp. (laughs) (laughs) But you just, you learn a lot about yourself. uh, Mm -hmm. And that that was very helpful. Yeah, there's another thing called shape, and it's uh, your spiritual gift, your heart, what are you passionate about, what are your abilities, skills, your personality, um, your experiences. It takes all those things into into consideration. It just kind of helps you understand yourself. Yeah. But aside from like those assessments and stuff, um, you know, uh, sometimes we feel stuck. All the doors seem closed. Our life seems like a mess. Again, you know, taking that step, wiggling doorknobs. Uh, this is really cheesy, but it's what I what I <laughs> what I came up with. Like you know, uh, you're thinking about college. Where should I go? As like go where you grow. Hmm. Go where you'll grow. You know, a- academically, um, finding your independence, finding yourself, and spiritually. You know, whether you go to the Grace College or Ohio State, um, you can find campus ministries at Ohio State that are that are amazing. Hmm. Um, you know, what's your personality? You know, what uh, what do I want to do with my life? Um, and and just exploring some of those things. But I say go where you'll grow. Uh, you're thinking about where should I live? 
again, a little cheesy, but live where you can give. Hmm. Um, in other words, live where um, you can make a difference. Uh, yeah. God can use you wherever you're at, yeah. whether it's downtown Cleveland or you know, out in a field somewhere, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, you know, what, what makes sense? Where can, um, where can I help? What's going to help me grow as, as a follower of Jesus? How can I help others? How can I make Jesus make sense where I'm at? And then this last one, is is really cheesy and actually a little morbid, <laughs> but the more, more importantly, morbid, more importantly, it rhymes. Yes, <laughs> as, as all of God's truth does. <laughs> Mary, who you'll bury. Ooh, that, that is, is a little morbid. Uh, that's yeah, like Mary, that's definitely. <laughs> uh, what but, do you mean, rhymes. Um Can I love this person for the next 60 years through poverty, pain, sickness, weight gains, and hair loss? Um, You know, are they pursuing Jesus and knowing that, you know, we all all change, and even the right person will feel like the wrong person at times, but it's a a commitment to to love. It's a decision to love. And so am I, can I be with this person for the rest of my life, through the long haul, through the, the through the highs and lows, right. and so you, you kind of see this theme in all of those is like, how am I pursuing God in in all of this? And I think that you know we look for specific answers, but yeah. it's like God wants us to walk like Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He, he wants us to, you know, that's what's most important is that. Um, we're being transformed, we're abiding, we're leaning in to, to Christ, and we're, um, you know, making Jesus make sense. I love that. Yeah. I I think this conversation has been so helpful, and the one big takeaway that I love, and I think is so helpful, there's a lot in there that yeah. you said, but God's will be in that compass and not a mm. map. It's like, yeah. here's the direction we need to go for your life, and yet how you play all that out. Mm. Uh, just kind of shakes out. You take some goat paths every once in a while. That's right. That God uses. I think right. that's mm-hmm. so, so good. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a fun conversation. It has been. It feels good to be back here talking about all the, the good stuff of life. Of adulting. <laughs> of adulting. It's it's fun. It's really cool. So kicking off season two, right? Jonathan, thank you for being here. Seriously. Yeah, thanks for asking. This has been fun. Yeah, really appreciate you and your wisdom. It's been great. Ethan, anything? We need to have like a what? We need like a catchphrase at the end. A catch twenty-two. I don't know. I don't know. We'll think That's of it. Probably not the same thing as a catchphrase. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. I not, was like, I'll let all. him roll with it. I'll not let him at think all. He was right. I got, I got to find something that rhymes. That's yeah. right. Mary, who you'll bury. Yes. <laughs> Sounds. And awful. with that, we will see you guys on the next one. <laughs> all right. See you guys.